Welcome to episode four of All About Fostering, the monthly podcast from the Fostering Network. I'm David Egra, and this episode we're discussing post-18 arrangements. Young people across the UK are now benefiting from post-18 arrangements. However, issues are being raised about the implementation of legislation in England, Scotland and Wales. Until recently, the majority of fostered young people were required to leave their foster home as soon as they turned 18, which is far younger than their peers outside of the care system, who on average leave their home in their mid-20s. 18 is still too early for many fostered young people to leave independently because they often need a large measure of support as they transition into adulthood. Recognising this, the Fostering Network led the successful Don't Move Me campaign from 2012 all the way through to 2014, which allowed those in foster care to remain with their former foster carers until the age of 21, if they wanted to. This provision is now in place in law in England, Scotland and Wales, and a non-statutory scheme called Going the Extra Mile, or the GEMS scheme, is also running in Northern Ireland. If you want to find out more about each of the nation's provision, do so at thefosteringnetwork.org.uk. These changes to the law have the potential to be transformational and help improve long-term outcomes for a lot of care-experienced young people. However, since the law came into effect as staying put in England in 2014, implementation has been patchy and there are concerns that its potential isn't being fulfilled. To find out more, I spoke to foster carers and young people with experience of post-18 placements First up is Rosemary, a foster carer from Leicestershire. I think they need to explain to children when they're approaching 18 what is expected of them as staying put and to offer them either supported lodgings or a flat and to show them what it's like in a flat or supported lodgings. They haven't got enough workers to work with the over 16s unless they're already being kicked out of foster care and I think those that are staying put there's been three of us they didn't know what to pay us they didn't know what the child was meant to pay us they need to get it all standardized so that everybody knows what it is because staying put is a really good idea because our first child had to leave at the age of 16 and that was disastrous. I also spoke to Luke who lives with Rosemary in staying put. He told me about his experiences and also his friend who at 17 missed out on an opportunity for staying put. I don't think they've done enough to go through with you about it. They said they were meant to have a meeting every six weeks that that, uh, hasn't been put in place. I guess it benefits some people. I don't know how to um, fend for myself now. I cut my own meals, I do my own washing, I have to buy my own food now. So, My friend who is in care, he's had it quite tough, really. He started off with a, a job in his village, but then he got laid off and uh, he had to go and find another job. And uh, th- things just got worse for him, really. He had his social worker, but she recently, uh, uh, I think she stepped down from a job. So he didn't have his social worker there to help him. Also around the table was Val foster carer from Cumbria. The transition went quite well and it was it was new at the time as well so I think he was one of the first to sort of go over onto it. He was quite happy with how everything worked because he wasn't bothered with social workers and different things that goes with fostering. So the, the experience I've had of staying put hasn't been too bad really. There was no problem with the money, everything just seemed to, you know, flow easily. But he's 21 next month and he doesn't want to go. The other thing that I found sort of interesting was that they say they've got to finish at 21. 
then I could be paid £80 a week for supporting him. And I think, well, why don't you just pay the £80 a week and let him stay where he is? And finally, I spoke with Connor, who is currently in Staying Put in Plymouth. So it was exactly two years ago I was told about it, six months before I was 18, which isn't really good, really. They told me about it, because I was, didn't want to move out on my own and that sort of stuff. But they did sort of try and push me towards moving out on my own, because obviously it's funding and that sort of stuff. Uh, but I kind of was like, no, no, I want to stay with my carers and that. I found it uh, quite difficult, actually, because like, I didn't actually know how to apply for it or anything. Luckily, at the time, we had the, obviously, the staying put advisor who knew what was going on, so he helped me go through it. Um, but they don't actually have anyone now because he left the job. It's quite a long, pro- hard process to know what sort of benefits you're allowed, what whether you get housing benefit, how it goes through. I felt it was rushed as well. I felt it keeps changing. Like Over the last couple of years, I've noticed a lot of stuff has changed. Like before, you can only stay until stay and put until 21, and you had to be in education for that. Then they changed it to you can stay till 25, as long as you go to university. Now they've changed it to you can stay till 25, you don't have to be in education, you can be just whatever, do whatever you want. I feel like there's the stay and put isn't actually like legitimate, like no one knows what's going on, and they're just kind of making up loads of rules all the time. It's all coming down to funding as well. They can't fund uh, keeping these kids in the house because obviously they need more foster carers. And the only way to do that is get rid of the people that are staying put. I also asked Connor how he finds staying put and what he wants for his future. Staying put is the best thing for me at the moment. But obviously with the rules changing all the time, I don't know whether I'm going to be kicked out at 21, yeah. at 25, now. I don't know, I don't know whether I'll be kicked out. And it's kind of daunting as well because like, when you think about getting kicked out, it's kind of like, what's going to happen then? I know another person, one of my friends, quite a close friend of mine, he got kicked out at 19 and then put into this hostel but the problem is with this hostel is it's full of like dr- druggy people and everything like that and it's not a sort of safe place like obviously with vulnerable people as well I look at him now and I feel sorry for him could have been living a lovely life with his carers and staying put I feel I'm not ready to move out on my own I feel if I moved out on my own I'd end up like homeless within a week obviously I know how to look after myself and how to live but I think being on your own living on your own is quite a lonely lonely thing and that's certainly for some people that have been through what they have been through in care hence we're living in care being on their own it's not a good thing if the young person wants to leave that should be up to them if they want to stay that should be done between them and the foster carer and then the local authority should help facilitate that like if people are ready genuinely ready to move out then fair enough but people that are vulnerable like my friends and that who have been kicked out put into these places where it's got drugs people with drugs all those sort of things it's not really a nice feeling like I wouldn't want to be in that situation at all. So just from those clips, we can tell that there are inconsistencies with the implementation of staying put throughout England. And although the exact details of the schemes vary throughout the UK, the principles are the same. Many fostering families around the UK experience situations similar to those we've just heard. There's obviously scope for improvement to post-18 provision, and the fostering network has several recommendations. Here's the charity's communications manager and also a foster carer himself, Daniel Sinclair, to explain more. Every fostering service across the UK should be implementing best practice when it comes to post-18 placements. That includes, for example, having a post-18 policy to explain how placements will be funded and supported. But also, post-18 placements should be introduced as an option in the care planning process as soon as possible, And that could even include raising it with prospective foster carers during the assessment process. And then if this best practice is already in place, then our primary focus has to turn to funding, 
which we know is the root cause of many of the implementation issues. It's difficult to really calculate the exact costs of post-18 placements, but it is clear that the money being allocated from the Westminster government for staying put, for example, isn't sufficient. And added to this is the difficulty that foster carers and young people have navigating the benefit system so that they can access the much-needed funds they're entitled to to make up the shortfall in funding. So funding and good practice are paramount, but what other factors need to be considered? Governments should make it absolutely clear that if a foster carer wishes to maintain their approval to foster, then they should be supported to do so during the duration of their post-18 arrangement. And lots of foster carers are telling us that this isn't clear for them at the moment. Local authorities, in partnership with their independent fostering providers, should be establishing contractual agreements, which include post-18 arrangements, uh, so that the way in which post-18 arrangements are sorted for young people fostered through independent fostering providers, are improved and there's total clarity. Although it's a really emotionally difficult time and decision, we would say to foster carers that they shouldn't feel obliged or pressured into providing a post-18 placement if it's going to put them in an unstable financial position. And that's why the Fostering Network is campaigning for a post-18 minimum allowance to be introduced right across the UK, which should include the equivalent amount that a young person would be entitled to as housing benefit. There needs to be greater clarity as to what happens when a young person goes off to university. Fostered young people, like all young people, still need a home during the holidays. So it would make great sense to us if the foster carer was given a retainer during the term time, which would help with the financial issue for foster carers, but also ensure fostered young people would have certainty and stability as to where they were going to be living. And finally, we think that better training needs to be available for carers to give the young adults the support and stability they need if they're offering a post-18 placement. Uh, And that's why, for example, the Fostering Network is trialling a new course in Scotland, which we're calling Moving On To Adulthood. To find out more about the Moving On To Adulthood course and post-18 arrangements, please visit thefosteringnetwork.org.uk, where you can also find information about how to become a foster carer how to join the fostering network and also all our latest news blogs and events that's about it for this episode other than to tell you that the music used in this podcast is heartwarming by kevin mcleod from incompetech.com i'll leave you with a final thought from connor thanks for listening i feel it's a, it's a brilliant idea staying put it's an amazing idea and it's really good for those who like to stay with their foster carers who've got that connection with them because, as I said, you don't you don't kick your children at 18 years old. Don't kick them out at 21. Don't kick them out at 25. You would never do that to your own children. So why would you do it to us?